All right. Hi, guys. Mr. James here, and it's your favorite teacher and the gatekeeper of the good noodle stars. And I got to ask you, Red Dog, are you a good noodle? Oh, yeah. I'm a great noodle. Fantastic. And I'm glad to be part of Three Count Podcast today. Welcome everybody to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast. This is now entering. This is season four because we are just kicking it off right now. And you know, after our first episode for season four, this was our three hundredth and something episode, right? I would think you would just say it with me, "I am your Sherpa," because like your tribal chief, acknowledge me. But like every good Sherpa, you gotta have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. And that's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. So who's entering the ring today? You can find this man at H-O-G. You can find him at Hog. That's right. S-S-W, Outlaw, S-A-W, S-W-F, Project Codename, T-O-S. You can find him at P-P-W. You can find him at Camp Leapfrog, which is where I think I first saw you. Uh, you can find this man at V-A-X. You can find him on Impact. You can find him at Russell Pro. You can find this man everywhere. He is your favorite teacher. He is my favorite teacher. He is Mr. James. Hi, class. How's everybody doing today? And I got to say, Red Dog, you are really good at your history lessons. You have pulled up all of great things from the past. I'm still doing it, still getting at it, and I'm happy to be here today. And guys, I'm so happy to be having my good noodle stars. And Red Dog, I got to say, Happy New Year. Hey, hell yeah. Happy New Year to you, too. I'm I'm excited. Like, we met at SWF a couple years ago, and then uh, I remember going to the wrestling open um, in Worcester, Massachusetts, right at the White Eagle, shout outs. Uh, and I was there hanging out and I saw you and I was just like, oh, I'm, I, because I was feeling like I was going to be at this place where I was like not going to know anybody. <laughs> so when I saw you and I saw Diego, I was like, oh, it's a couple of people I actually know. I'm super hyped for this. <laughs> and then like, so yeah, I know it was great to get, to get to run into you, get to chat with you, get to pick your brain a lot uh, while we were there at the show. And, uh, you know, just one, I want to tell you, like, thank you. Uh, just for like helping me like while we we're at the wrestling open but then also like this is the this is the fangirl moment of me right because like <laughs> when I met you at SWF a couple years ago I started following you a lot closer and just like checking checking the stuff that you were doing and like just become like a massive fan so that's that's the fan moment in me that I wanted to put out there but yo I just wanted to say uh yeah thank you one and thank you for coming on the show I'm happy to be here happy to be here so aside from being on like you know the inaugural uh hispanic and latino list you know like <laughs> what else man like what else does the great teacher the good teacher and the leader of the good noodles like brings like what brought you into the business i'm just always curious about this it's, it's gonna sound funny just like everybody else it, it always starts with watching something when you're young and and, and when you grow up you're, you're experiencing like i just want to live the dream it's it's it never just it, it never it didn't bring me in. I found it. I'm like I luckily I just found pro wrestling. I, I I was always a fan of pro wrestling as a kid growing up, and being able to do what I'm doing right now is 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 so surreal. Still, it's one of those things where it's like uh, like everybody has somebody like introduced them to it, right? Because like for me, it was my tia, man. Like we used to sit around in in Colorado, and she wanted me to watch something to experience it with her, right? And I was into big into cartoons, and she wasn't. So we ended up watching wrestling. Like the first moment that brought me into it was uh, actually Jake the Snake Roberts letting the Cobra bite Macho Man, and I'll never forget that moment. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's, it's those things that you're like, I have to find a way that I want to be able to do this. Right. And sometimes we fall out of love with wrestling, but we find our way back to it. And I always think about like those first moments that kind of bring people in. And it's like, it's <laughs> always surreal once you meet people who have similar stories to like the way you do. So if you're gonna say if you wanna say like that, I it's gonna sound crazy. I I remember it clearly. I was young watching TV with my dad, and the, one of the first matches I saw was Monday Night Raw. Um, it was I I believe I'm trying to remember the year correctly. It was like '98 or '99. I saw two grown men on top of a giant cage. One man was in a mask and, and the other was in all black. I didn't know who these two were, and come to find it was Undertaker and Mankind in a, in a Hell in a Cell match. And that was the first time I nearly saw like, like murder on TV as a young child. And I, and I, as a child, I should be shocked or, or baffled by what I saw, but never have like if I experienced so much joy and excitement just to see something like that. I don't know what was wrong with me. Just, just like wanted to see more of it after that. Yeah, it was funny because I remember like listening to that moment and Undertaker like talking to Stone Cold about how like that that was actually held together with like uh, zip ties. And like the yes. zip ties were popping, like as they're yes. walking across, I was like, there can be anything that's more, more fearful than knowing, oh, hey, we're <laughs> being banded together by 10 cents of plastic it's, wrapped it's, around this. So because it's, because it's like three zip ties, it feels like, it feels like a little um, Smackdown versus Raw, <laughs> three, um, three falls, it automatically breaks. He even said, yeah. I think he even said every step he took, he hit a zip tie snap. Yeah. The no, I could, and, walked on. They never expected him to go on top of the cage. And not only did they go back up, they went back up twice to just go through this whole thing all over again. I'm like, this is like a moment to me, like just listening to like Taker and even like Mankind's interview with Stone Cold, like talking about that moment where like they're up there and, you know, he was telling, you know, Mankind was telling Vince that, hey, if I can make it back up this cage, I will crawl back up this cage. And then it's like, then you get chokeslam and you're not meant to go through the fence. You're just yep. supposed to land on top of it, and instead the fence just gives out, and you get chokeslam all the way to the mat. I was like, "Bro, this is crazy." And the Undertaker had a broken ankle like that time too. Um, um I, yeah, broken ankle on Taker. But remember, Mick Foley fell twice, and seeing that as 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 somebody who doesn't do, like is not in professional wrestling, I dare you to say it's it's not <laughs> believable with seeing something like that. A man <laughs> fell twice off off one once through a cage. I mean, once the once on on like off a cage on the tables, comes back up, put <laughs> through the cage while having that same set chair fall on top of him. Yeah, I was like, and then like everybody thought like he was like smiling because like the way he looked at the camera, but really he was putting his tongue through the hole in his mouth, and like his nose was shoved up into his like, in his nostril, like yep, tooth went straight. Yeah. Oh my god, there was so many like it's it's weird because that's such an iconic moment, but that was also a moment that like shredded the rest of Mick Foley's like career because like his hip just was never the same after taking that initial bump and like who who would be like okay after that <laughs> and, and, and it's funny like and that was on this topic about Mick Foley you I never like like knew about his stuff back then did WCW like his ECW days his um his um, Japan days and everything like that because mind you we're young and we don't have the internet like that so what do we see is what we get and I always wondered why Mick Foley had a short WWE career from what I've seen from 98 to all the way to I'll say 2000 and like Two coming back sporadically, and then you see all the all, how he lost his ear the first time, his concussions, him I'm um, cutting a promo and, and, and headbutting a box on the floor. It's all, all all these insane like like wacky moments because that's one of the, like one of my idols. Everyone has Stone Cold, Taker, and The Rock. I've always said Mankind, Christopher Daniels were my my like one of my top um top threes. 
that's kind of cool too because like for me if i would go back and play it out and just like check out who my top threes were like ray mysterio uh Ooh. chris jericho and uh another person that i really admire a lot of their work but people really you know he's a small people really don't talk about him but eddie guerrero right like they were just they were just kings at what they did and i have a such a hit, huge infatuation with like cruiserweights with like comes to like Hoovitude or Billy Kidman or you're talking Chavo. Yeah, Ultimo Dragon. Like that all those guys were like crazy. I've I've actually trained with Super Crazy like like a, a lot of times when I like back in my days. <laughs> it's, it's I would, that would be like a surreal moment for me. It's, it's gonna it's gonna sound it's gonna sound funny. Um before <laughs> I started House of Glory, I I've I've usually told this story a couple of times. Before I started House of Glory, I used to train in the Bronx called BWF, owned by um by Bronco International. A very like a very old school, like never um like not not well known Dominican pro wrestler. And he taught me some of the ropes. And that's how I first met Mike Drastic and um Angel Ortiz, aka Santana Ortiz. So I I, oh. I I met I met them in the Bronx and come find out Drastic. Uh I I call him Drastic. Santana lived uh Santana lived at least like uh four train stops from where I live and we and I would like catch him there. He would show me a lot of things that I never knew and experience just being there, <laughs> bring some of his friends there. And super crazy would would actually pull up um like like twice because when he was in um, New York it'd come to find out that he would stay in like little Italy in the Bronx. Oh that's crazy though. And, and Bronx is a very close area. So literally to like to, to go train in the ring would be like a good twenty minutes. <laughs> it's it's funny because we were talking about like Mick Foley and kind of like bad bumps, right? So, what's the worst bump you've taken? Oh man, okay, okay. I've taken two worst bumps ever. So my uh, my first uh, my first worst bump ever is it's I I, I it's gonna sound crazy to say the story. I used to wrestle um, for PPW back in um in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. I was in a fatal four match with me. Uh, Samuel Adams, uh, Michael Lando, and the infamous Teddy Hart. I went for a spaceman plancha to the outside. Teddy was nowhere to be found, and I was coming straight down. Now, Michael Lando, God bless his soul, um, tried to catch me. I accidentally need him in the side of the head, and because I need him, mm. it changed my trajectory from coming straight down, turning sideways while I landed sideways outside. So I've, 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 all I had was a bruised hip, but I, I, I came out unscathed. The, the second one was um, Terminal Five. So listen, I play uh, a cop. I play a cop as as in um, House of Glory for H O G P D. So I have two little side characters, Mr. James, the Happy Go Lucky, and the serious demeanor of Detective James for House of Glory. So House of Glory H O G P D is exclusively there. So that's like the only character I do for Hog. Um, it was Terminal Five tag match, eight man tag match. I'll say these names correctly. It was uh, Carlos Ramirez and Rochi Roach. Versus Ken Broadway, uh, Encore, HOGBD, Detective James, and Joey and Sweet Cheeks, Officer Sweet Cheeks, Joey Silver, <laughs> and we had we had one of the most fun matches we've had in a while. I've hit Ken Broadway with a hurricane to the outside on top of everybody spilling to the floor. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that's those are tough <laughs> i was just imagining like it's funny because i like asking that question a lot and somebody asked me earlier um actually crazy enough earlier today i was talking about how i was gonna have you on the podcast and they're uh they're like why do you ask that question i was like 
because then like I think about it I'm like do I really want to do a bump like that I was like it sounds like it sucks and I'm just gonna be like I don't know if I really want to go that route it's always good to ask that question because people would always say that when you have a story like that people always say second guess of what you do is believable or not and we make sure it's always believable at the end of the day Mm. oh yeah because the bump is definitely not it's not fake y'all like I think y'all it it hurts it hurts it hurts it hurts it hurts it really it really hurts I was in like my second week of training and uh, I was telling, I was telling my trainer sickened, right. I was like, Hey, uh, I want to try this bump off the top rope. And he was like, okay, cool. Knowing good and well, like what was happening. And it was like 30 degrees outside. So it was like, Oh, your body's cold. Your body's very cold to feel that. Yeah. And that ring was ice cold. And so like when I jumped off to do uh, (laughs) Akira Tozawa's like, Big jump. <laughs> yeah, no, my God, that big senton, and I hit the ground. I was like, <gasps> and he's he's like, what we learned? I was like, I'm never doing this again, ever. <laughs> it was uh, the most wild lesson to learn. Oh my so, God. we were talking about like characters that we love and people that we kind of admire and stuff like that, and I just wanted to know like everybody has like those characters that kind of like make up their character or even just like make up who they are. And I just want to know like who, who makes up Mr. James? Well, so Mr. Mr. James, I work as a, I work as a special, a special needs um, um, para. So I work with special needs children a lot. So my, this character gradiates towards me always working around children with special needs and always being a happy go lucky uplifting person to help them out. And on top of this character was based off, it's more of uh, the original Steve from Blue's Clues, um, uh, Miss Frizzle, Magic School Bus, and uh, most of all, like just like little good noodle stars from SpongeBob. It's it's yes. like like little like little things you wouldn't expect because that's like something we grew up around. That's like the our era where you can act like childish and and have a good feel of what it used to be like because not everybody has the nostalgia feeling as much to be something silly but still serious. Because I was even approved by Loki when he saw this character, um, Russell. Mm. So it, it, it's it's a it's a surreal feeling on how this like like this character came about with everything that I've done and and shown from being the serious man you can trust to now that this guy that you seeing now handing out little good noodle stars that more adults want than kids. Yeah, it's funny because like, I and it's weird also because like I all and I'm one of those people. I was like, oh, I can't wait to get started one time. And like when we we're at the wrestling open and that happened, I was like. I now know what everybody else feels like when this happens. I was like, part of me was like all like inside, like a little like bubbly. But then on the outside, I was like, I got to play a heel still. I got to like try to sell this out. And I'm, I can't not laugh while I'm doing this. And I, I, that's why I, I, I think. I, I know everyone always says they, they don't want to laugh, but I always welcome it. Sometimes I try to bring it out of them too. Because a lot of people are surprised when they see, like I said, when they saw this change to, from what I was then to now, they 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 don't get it until they see it until I say it until I do something that precedes it unless I'll just be another guy in a Hawaiian shirt like with stickers in his back pocket. So like <laughs> they, you always want to have that believable character, that character that anybody gravitates towards. And the, and the and the best part is I'm getting looked at more dressed like this than I than ever before. A lot of people from um from like TV who I've like performed with like Matt Seidel, um Fandango. They've they've actually like laughed and loved the gimmick because when their their bodies are hurt they can't really like 
Um, I perform up to a task when they don't want to do like something too crazy, but still go out there and put a great show for everybody. That's where I come in. I could do all that, but I still have this character behind me just to back it up just in case. They just have this little like fun side and serious side at the same time in those matches. See, it was something that like I kind of pulled away from our match too, because it was something I had been playing with the idea for a long time was that I wanted, so my character, right, just on the full end to everybody who's wondering, uh, is a mercenary, right? And instead of playing out to like the, the same old stereotypical mercenary side, I was like, yo, but I was in the military for, you know, for six years. It's like, and anybody who was in the military understands like, we're not always like these like stoic dudes who just like very straight face, stone edge, right? Made of like concrete. We just don't break. No, we have like this very like dark humor and we find a lot of shit funny. And so like, for me, it was like, I wanted to play more into the idea. So when a lot of people ask me now, like, well, who's your character? I was like, well, it's like Deadpool meets like the wrestling world. And it's, you're pretty close to where I'm at. And now, like, I started playing around with other ideas because there was something that, there was a lot of things you did. And it was something that kind of clicked in my head too because um, we had a sequence and you had jumped and you had, you had did the pose. Oh, and I was like, I was like, yo, I love that pose. And so I was something I started playing with the idea with. So when I had someone come through, I swept their feet out. And when they fell on their face, I would jump down. And I, I would sit like this and I would put my hands on my cheeks and I would be like, I love how you fall for me. And I would say it loud enough that everybody else could hear me. So the front row crowd is like laughing about it. Mm, and, uh, but it, it just, the visuals of me just sitting right next to someone who's like trying to like sell their face. And I'm just right next to them, like looking all big love eyed. I was like, yo, this, like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. So like, I wanted to kind of also like bring on the show to kind of just be like, hey, I just want you to know, man, like you're like a big inspiration to like this side of the character as well. <laughs> no, I, pre- I, I appreciate that. And that's what you always want. Like no matter what, even not every, not every match is going to like be um, like serious at the start and in a sense of, yes, you want to win, but, but you still want to like tell a story about who you are and then tell, tell it in a way that it's still believable. And it's fine. That's fine. Like Deadpool was even it was playful all the time. But when you get serious, that's become the problem. Once the sticker goes on your forehead, then that's it's time to go. You have yeah. to have a way to balance it out. <laughs> be, um, even Chris Jericho said it. It's okay to have ha ha in the beginning, but then you have to come down to it. Um, serious needs to be um, needs to get started. Facts. Uh, so listen, I love asking this question because there's a lot of great knowledge that gets passed down from time to time. Well, I don't say time, all the time. We've had, I don't know, 302 episodes now. I don't know who's counting. But one of my favorite questions to ask is, what's one of the hardest lessons that you've had to learn being in the business? Hardest lessons? Hmm. Uh, talk less, smile more. Just it's like, like, just like it, it's gonna, it's always gonna be hard. You're always gonna get like shifted around and whatnot, um, whatnot. And you just wanna just like, like listen, like don't like stand your ground, yes, but just like listen, just just be be coachable. Don't 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 argue on with somebody who has more experience than you. Don't act like you know more than that person who has more experience than you. Take everything like a grain of salt. Like just, just like just like. Do everything you can to 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 gain as much knowledge as you can, and like don't cut anyone off from what they're trying to tell you. Don't brush them off. Don't don't act like you you you're better than off camera. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, I think that's the I think that's the most important part is where like I feel like a lot of people just in life, right? Just normally too, they just there's something about them that gets built up, and then they just they start believing their own hype, and it's like. 
you know, even Scarface said it, right? Like, don't get high on your own supply. And it's like one of those things that you kind of have to like, remember, like, in this world, like the best thing that we can do is just be humble and like, Mm -hmm. be grateful. And I think those are very important lessons. And I love the fact that you said the first thing, love the fact that you, you know, quote Hamilton, because you should smile more and <laughs> so uh listen one of my other favorite questions to ask too is uh you've been in a lot of different locker rooms you've been around for a, a little while and uh, i just need to know what is a uh, one do and one don't of the locker room uh i don't i don't well it depends it depends how you come off as a person because in locker rooms i'm not i'm not really the quiet the quiet type most of the time i'm the one that, that's always like showing the energy hype up beating everybody sitting down conversating just, just treat it like literally. I, I would say treat it like school. Treat, treat it like school. You're gonna, have, you're gonna see how people are sitting in groups. You're gonna see how people have their little clicks and whatnot. And that's fine. Find, find a way to like, to like, uh, like to approach them without sounding weird. It's like, it's like every, like every Diary Whippy Kid movie. How, how they try to impress somebody by not being themselves or trying to like be over the top. That, that kind of like, like gives them a little ick. Just, just I would just say, just be genuine. Just like go up to like someone and just like talk to them. Because if you've done nothing wrong to anybody, there's no way they, they should feel some type of way towards you. I like that. That is wrestling. Wrestling is honestly wrestling is honestly school. If you think about it, next time you go to the locker room, look around you. You can see who who you want to approach. You got the, the people who've been on TV, all the popular kids. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people. It, it is funny, like when I think back about it, and I just think like first thing, the first word that comes to mind when I think of like being in school is like teacher's pets and heard definitely a lot of those around. And I'm just like watching, I'm just like, okay, just take the notes, just follow the instructions, <laughs> just do what you're told. <laughs> Cause I think about it a lot. I'm like, man, like that's crazy that some guys are like, I need to be like as close as I can to the booker to see if I can get a better placement in this place. And it's mm-hmm. like, just work at it. You'll be okay. Work Someone on. will notice you. No matter what, yeah. all the work cannot be ignored. I love it. So listen, like those are all my heavy hitting questions. So I do want to get into the best segment of the three count podcast. A lot of people remember it used to be the Red Dogs Power Rankings that you can find every Sunday on our debate show. But because I refuse to acknowledge that they're retired, it's not going to happen, Chaz. Uh, But this is the three count podcast, 10 count questions. And here's how it works, Mr. James. I'm going to fire off 10 questions at you rapid fast. And uh, whatever your answer is, that's your answer. Okay. I'm ready. So we're going to put it on the imaginary timer for added pressure. Bing. And in the words of Mike Goldberg, here we go. Smackdown or Raw? Raw. Favorite subject? Math. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Favorite movie? Mmm. Got me good. Step Brothers. Let's go. I love that movie. <laughs> PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation. Uh, favorite actor? Favorite actor? Ooh. Toby Maguire. It's a good one. Uh, Apple or Android? Both. Can't be both. Uh, <laughs> uh, Apple. Okay. Uh, favorite podcast? Well, right now, what I'm doing is Three Count Podcast, and i got to say right now, it's one of my favorites. And i got to say, because of Three Count Podcast, I really do believe the Three, po- the three Count Podcast deserves a good noodle star. 
yes, we got a good, <laughs> we're a good noodle. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, so nominate one person that you want to see on the podcast. Nominate, uh, I would say Diego. I love Diego. Actually, we had Diego on. It was funny. We had a oh, he was great on? conversation. Oh, yeah. Nice. nice. Okay, so if I could if I could recommend some um somebody else, it would be uh there's somebody who's up and coming right now in the wrestling game. His name is um Hillary P. Wisdom. He's an up and coming guy right now from Hasselboy at, um as well. You can find him on Instagram at Dr. Um HP Wisdom. I love it. And we are definitely going to get him on the show as well. Uh, last one, my favorite question asked every single person who comes on the show, favorite curse word? Ooh, it would have to be the F word. Right. I agree. Like the F word is definitely one of the best words. Yes. <laughs> All fudge. <laughs> Friendship. That's my favorite F word. <laughs> Fun to me. So. <laughs> so listen those are all my questions and stuff so the last thing i need is for you to let our viewers and our listeners know where they can find you hi guys so you can find mr james next weekend um next week as friday and saturday at swf and saturday i have remarkable pro wrestling you can catch me at evander james underscore underscore for twitter and instagram as well as, hey, it's Mr. James on TikTok. You can find me there. And make sure you come see me. Say hi. And make sure you're a good noodle to get a good noodle star. And when you see Mr. James, make sure you message me a good thumbs up. <laughs> that Well, there you have it. He gave you all his handles. He even told you where you can find him. So what does that mean? Like every great part of a wrestling match, we got to take it home. Because this is the Three Count Podcast presents Now Wayne Tariq. And I'm your host. Clifford, Red Dog Wheeler, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. But like every good Sherpa, I like being myself, it's never about me. It's about who's into ring. So who's into the ring? You see him right there. Everybody's favorite teacher, Mr. James. And you guys know what that means. Tune in to the next episode and be there. Or you're legitimately just following us on all of our social media platforms. You're even subscribed to our YouTube channel. You're following us on Spotify. You're leaving those five-star frog slash reviews on Apple Podcasts. You're even buying our merch whoop, right there, which is going to be found on foryourware.com forward slash the three-count podcast or three-count pod. We haven't decided yet. We haven't made that yet. But that's going to be a thing. Or you can just go check us out on prowrestlingtees.com. Uh, last but not least, you're telling all your friends about us. You're commenting. You're doing all this great stuff. Or you're really just kind of waiting for the episode to end. You're waiting for the outro, and then you're choosing another episode to listen to. Ooh. Peace. Bye, guys. And it should be the cut. <laughs> What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there. Find us at the three count underscore pod. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the three count pod. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to YouTube.com. Give us a subscribe. Turn the bell on. Turn on notifications. Leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the Three Count Podcast also has merchandise. Oh! At 
ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So show us some support, please.